the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sitting here watching the pundits now. And I have to tell you, quite a, you know, it's time for Shepard Smith to go join CNN. Just saying. I mean, it's just ridiculous. He needs to go check. He needs to go get a new job somewhere else um, because he's he's starting to move more and more towards the left. He was just reading the uh, under the obstruction of justice and the uh, Mueller report. And uh, he went through all 10. And, you know, as you listen to all 10. Did the president obstruct? If you want to try to prove that, you might be, uh, you might have something to hang your hat on, but you have to be only looking at it in one direct way, and that is that you want him to be guilty of obstruction, and then it's it's really flimsy, and I think that's why Mueller said, I can't find whether he's guilty or he's not guilty. That's up to Congress. Uh, so. They're going to go for impeachment because there's not enough there to find him guilty. I'm just telling you, you put it, you put the president on trial. There's not enough there. It's just not there. Mueller knows it, and he left it just sitting there. He it's in Nadler's lap and Schiff's lap. And if they're stupid, they may pursue. They might. I'll just tell you. Here's what will happen: if you pursue, your party is done. Bottom line, your party's done. There's people going to hear what supposedly the president did, and they're going to go, okay, so what? Most Americans are, are going to just say it ain't no big deal. It is, as the Democrats have said about other things, it's a big old nothing burger. There is nothing there. In fact, today, uh, William Barr came out and talked about this uh let's play cut number three here russ here's what he said about mueller because see nadler's already saying this here's the narrative you're going to hear from the democrats mueller did this report he did a great 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 service to the american people he did a thorough investigation but he's now left it to congress to go in and really say see what the report said and and then they're going to tell us that the uh, attorney general told us you can't believe him. You can't believe anything that he said. Nadler said that just a few moments ago. So the bottom line is you can only believe what the Democrats say because everything the Republicans or that anyone associated with the Republican Party says is a lie. But Barr said Mueller didn't indicate in his report anywhere that his purpose was to leave his decision to Congress. 
that he wanted you to make the decision or that it should be left for Congress? And also, how do you respond to criticism you're receiving, receiving from congressional Democrats that you're acting more as a attorney for the president rather than uh, as the chief law enforcement officer? Special Counsel Mueller did not indicate that his purpose was to leave the decision to Congress. I hope that was not his view, since we don't convene grand juries and conduct criminal investigations for that purpose. Uh, he did not. I didn't talk to him directly about uh, the fact that we were making the decision, but I am told that his reaction to that was that it was uh, my my prerogative as Attorney General to make that decision. There you go. All right. So the bottom line is that Mueller, you know, I guess, you know, the Congress wants Mueller to come up and testify to them. Uh, You know, what is he going to say? Is he going to say that, uh, you know, what he said in the report was false, which means that he lied to the American people and he spent $25 million to lie to the American people? I don't think that he's going to do that. I think he did a thorough investigation and his findings are his findings. And that's what he'll tell uh, Congress. <coughs> he did not have evidence of a, of st- obstruction to find the president guilty. And, uh, you know, what he has is what he, he presented. And he said it's up to the person who's reading it. And that's not the way that you want to do a, a report about the president of the United States, about when, why Mueller said that he could not say that the, the president was guilty of obstruction because it did not show that. You know, that whole beyond the shadow of a doubt thing didn't show that, so you don't have to worry uh, uh, about that. All right, what else did the report said, I, say? I'm going to go through this. First of all, CNN's Wolf Blitzer, not Barr, CNN's big man, Wolf Blitzer, the voice of of politics on CNN, had this to say. All right, so there you have uh, almost a complete vindication of the president of the United States by the attorney general of the United States. Uh, He says, and we still haven't seen this nearly 400-page redacted report, and he says there are limited redactions, but several times, maybe four or five, six times, he said precisely Jake, what the president of the United States wanted to hear, no collusion. Yeah, at least six or seven times uh, he made the the very clear point uh, that the special counsel found no evidence uh, that there was any attempt by anybody on the Trump campaign or associated with the Trump campaign or indeed even any American knowingly conspiring uh, with the Russians. He made that point several times, which will no doubt uh, please President Trump. Uh, I guess the question is now, uh, what does the report say and how well does that line up with what the attorney general just said all right so there there you have that okay the report is out people are looking at it and uh most of the people other than ones on cnn are uh, agreeing with what the attorney general is saying there was no collusion in fact the president put it the best he he did it as clear as you possibly could could say it, here's what he had to say. They're having a good day. I'm having a good day, too. It was called No Collusion, No Obstruction. I'm having a good day. 
There never was, by the way, and there never will be. And we do have to get to the bottom of these things, I will say. And uh, this should never happen. I say this in front of my friends, wounded warriors, and I just call them warriors because we just shook hands and they look great. They look so good and so beautiful. But I say it in front of my friends, this should never happen to another president again. This hoax. This should never happen to another president again. Thank you. That's what he had to say about it. Of course, Nadler doesn't say that. He's in the, the Senate side. And then you got, uh, you know, uh, or is it uh, the House side? Shift says same thing. Uh, their big thing, of course, is what I just uh, said from the very beginning, uh, that Mueller indicated in his report, which from what I've read of the report, I've read about 30 pages of the This long, long report. I won't try to read it while trying to stay awake in bed. I can tell you that because it will put you to sleep. Uh, Bottom line is, is that uh, he wasn't leaving this report out there for Congress to go off and run off and do more investigations. That's not why he did this. And that is not why he uh, wrote the report and then uh, let it out. And this whole thing about Nadler and others saying, well, we want to see all the the redacted stuff. A lot of that's not going to be uh, open to those uh, people, because, and they should know this. Legally, it can't be just uh, thrown out there. And look, anybody who thinks that you can let uh, you know congressional staff come and look at this report and that things aren't going to leak, they're crazy. You would never show this stuff the 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 congress and the senate is a sieve when it comes to uh, reports and information like this it always gets out ask some of the people that were on the uh, uh the committees during this investigation as it was being conducted by the republicans and all the information that was being uh, leaked out ask comey about information being leaked out he even admitted that he leaked information out so the bottom line is you can't do that if you do i'm just telling you expect leaks every which way Barr talked about uh, the russians what did they do they did what i would think the russians always would do or the chinese if they uh, had the opportunity to affect our elections they would try but they failed Here's what Barr said about that. I'd also like to thank Special Counsel Robert Mueller for his service and the thoroughness of his investigation, particularly his work exposing the nature of Russia's attempts to interfere in our electoral process. As you know, one of the primary purposes of the Special Counsel's investigation was to determine whether President Trump's campaign or any individual associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government to interfere in the 2016 election. Volume 1 of the Special Counsel's report describes the results of that investigation. As you will see, the Special Counsel's report states that his Quote, investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. 
I am sure that all Americans share my concern about the efforts of the Russian government to interfere in our presidential election. As the special counsel report makes clear, the Russian government sought to interfere in our election process. But thanks to the special counsel's thorough investigation, we now know that the Russian operatives who perpetrated these schemes did not have the cooperation of President Trump or the Trump campaign, or the knowing assistance of any other American, for that matter. That is something that all Americans can and should be grateful to have confirmed. All right. Long but short, no collusion, no working with the Russians. The Russians were in there trying to interfere. And what do you expect for the Russians to do? They do this all the time. The only difference is, is now they can use Facebook and they can use uh, different uh, social media to, to do that. I mean, I'm sure if we go back in history, since, uh, you know, we went back all the way to Stalin, that you would find that the Russians have been trying to do things in our election since the very beginning. They are our sworn enemies, have been, always will be. No big surprise here. Why is everybody acting like this is some kind of big surprise that the Russians were doing this stuff? Doesn't surprise me. Does it surprise you, Russ, that the Russians do it? doesn't surprise. Does it surprise me that the, the Chinese do what they do, where they run attacks on us on the Internet all the time? And they attack uh, our infrastructure, and they attack the Pentagon, and they attack, you know, this uh, computer segment and that computer segment. It, it, it does not surprise me. They're the enemy, folks, have been and will be. And so we need to be aware of that. But that's a long way from saying that the president of the United States was approached by them and they willingly worked with the Russians to try to screw up the election here for a presidency, uh, you know, four years ago. This, it's just insane. It is absolutely insane. Now, another thing that you're going to hear is that, uh, you know, the president got involved with the report and he said, take that out, take that out, take that out. I, I'm going to declare executive privilege. Executive privilege says that the president says that is too touchy of material to be put out amongst the, uh, the electorate citizenry of the United States. Uh, because it could compromise uh, very important, you know, negotiations or whatever. Barr dealt with that. I mean, he went, he came out and, and answered questions before the questions were even asked. And he would have been well within his rights to do so. Following my March 29th letter, the Office of the White House Counsel requested the opportunity to review the redacted version of the report in order to advise the president on the potential invocation of privilege, which is consistent with longstanding practice. Following that review, the president confirmed that in the interest of transparency and full disclosure to the American people, he would not assert privilege over the special counsel's report. Accordingly, the public report I am releasing today 
contains redactions only for the four categories that I previously outlined, and no material has been redacted based on executive privilege. In addition, earlier this week, the President's personal counsel requested and was given the opportunity to read a final version of the redacted report before it was publicly released. That request was consistent with the practice followed under the Ethics in Government Act, which permitted individuals named in a report prepared by an independent counsel the opportunity to read the report before publication. The President's personal lawyers were not permitted to make and did not request any redactions. In addition to making the redacted report public, we are also working with Congress to accommodate their legitimate oversight interests with respect to the special counsel's investigation. There you go. What more? What more has to be done? There's not. I'm going to tell you right now, there's nothing the president's uh, lawyers can do. There's nothing you can do or I can do to dissuade them from trying to use this for political purposes, and that's what they're doing now. I think they're walking on dangerous, dangerous ground. If you keep on crying wolf, just like Adam Schiff, the people are saying, okay, you've been saying you've got all this information that proves the president is guilty. Cough it up. Of course, he doesn't have it that's why he's never coughed it up hasn't brought it forth bottom line going to continue and the democrats do it at their own peril because the only people going to be listening are the people who want to have that kind of red meat thrown at them the average american voter going to hear this and they're going to say there's nothing there president's not guilty with that in mind move on All right, take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do more here on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, so let's talk about this whole process of uh, redaction. The AG, William Barr in this case, has said about this report that, uh, of course, it is Robert Mueller his report that he redacted a lot of material to conceal four different categories of government secrets. Let's run over this because look, this is seventh and eighth grade stuff. We're going to, I'm going to get to the news here in just a moment, but I'm going to, I'm going to start on this and I'll carry it over into the next half hour. We're, we're just about a minute away from the news, but we can start with this first grand jury material is going to be redacted. Rule six of the federal rules of criminal procedure prohibits prosecutors from revealing almost everything involved in the activity of grand juries which meet behind closed doors to avoid tipping off suspects under investigation and to protect the reputations of people who aren't charged. That's only fair. If you're not charged, your name shouldn't come up in this stuff. Mueller's investigators use grand jury proceedings to issue more than 2,800 subpoenas and execute nearly 500 search warrants. Judges can authorize the unsealing of grand jury records, as happened in the investigations 
that led to the impeachment of then-President Bill Clinton and the resignation of President Richard Nixon. Bottom line, the prosecutor is going to redact all of that stuff because something might be there. And just using use myself as an example, maybe the, the, the president talked to me about X, Y, or Z in getting ready for an interview, but nothing was important about it. But it's mentioned in grand jury testimony. The last thing I want is for that to get out, and then everybody wants to know, well, what did the president talk to you about? Well, you're not telling us the truth. You're lying about it. You don't do that with grand jury testimony. Hey, don't forget that you can learn the little-known strategies that could help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis from David Lucas of the David Lucas Show and David Lucas Financial. The David Lucas Show, you hear it every Saturday here at 101.1 FM, The Answer, at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. This free analysis reveals the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401K, Social Security benefits, and more. Now, to get that free analysis, you need to be one of the first 10 callers right now. Got to do this now. Call 501-653-6690. Let me repeat that number again. 501-653-6690. This is your opportunity to save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes in retirement. Be one of the first 10 callers right now. 501-653-6690. All right, let's get back to talking about uh, this uh, report, uh, report, Mueller's report. Okay, so redactions, that's what we're talking about, because you're going to hear a lot about redactions. We want an unredacted report. You can't have an unredacted report. Sorry. Not under the federal rules of criminal proceedings. You cannot have that. There are certain things that... Legally can be redacted because innocent people just having their names mentioned could get caught up and people think they're guilty of something when in fact they aren't. Or perhaps it's classified information. Federal government under, uh, again, this whole federal rules of criminal procedure can legally withhold information that can damage national security if it were disclosed to the public, including by revealing the sources and methods that are uh, you know used to get that kind of information. Man, do you remember the FLAM deal during the Bush administration? Do you remember that? Valerie Flam, when they let out her name and everybody went absolutely conniption because... They said that she was compromised and that she was an operative and uh, with CIA and now somebody might want to kill her and this and that. Well, you don't want to do that. Very, very true thing. You don't want to be letting that material out. Now, Mueller's probe of Russian meddling in the 2016 election may have relied on information information 
from top-secret sources. Members of Congress frequently receive classified documents and briefings, but the Justice Department turned down a request from Republican lawmakers just last year for information about Mueller's investigation on grounds that it could put lives and risk and expose the identity of an FBI informant who is an American citizen. You don't do that. You don't throw your people out to the wolves. Don't be silly. That's why I say, you know, if it's redacted, leave it redacted, and it should not even get out to Congress because I, I sure as heck don't believe that the members of Congress or their staffs or whoever get to see this material or see notes about the material wouldn't leak them. I mean, if a former director of the FBI would leak stuff, who won't leak stuff? I mean, Comey, as far as I'm concerned, should be cooling his, his heels in jail for doing that. He pushed that. He pushed out a material through an acquaintance of his own, a friend. He gave him the information to let him dribble it out. Mueller referred several matters to at least three U.S. attorneys, most notably leading to the conviction of President Trump's former personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, for his role in the hush money payoffs to a porn star Stormy Daniels and former Playboy playmate Karen McDougal. So if there's an, ongo- an ongoing investigation in something, you can't let that out because you don't want to let the bad guys, whoever it might be, know that you're looking at them. Other matters that have been made public include the investigation of Trump's inaugural committee and the secret Turkish lobbying that involved Trump's former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Now, last week, Barr told a House Appropriations Subcommittee that, quote, we want to make sure that none of the information in the report would impinge upon either the ability of the prosecutors to uh, prosecute the cases or the fairness to the defendants. You know, justice, lady just supposed to have a blindfold. Many times doesn't, but it should. Then finally, there may be third per, uh, parties there. I mean, people who aren't even in the real mix, but their names get mentioned. And so you, you, you have this long-standing policy with uh, Rule 6E against releasing disparaging information about someone who hasn't been indicted on the grounds that people who haven't been charged with anything can't defend themselves in court. Wow. What a, you know, what a thought, you know, that you can't get assassinated in the court of public opinion or not supposed to, at least last year, the DOJ's inspector general blasted former FBI director, James Comey for publicly saying in 2016 that Hillary Clinton had been quote, extremely careless, unquote, in handling classified information when she was secretary of state while at the same time announcing that he wouldn't recommend charges over her use of a private email server. Now, Barr has said that the public version of of, uh, Mueller's report won't identify any peripheral third parties, but added, I'm talking about people in private life, not public office holders. Now, I, I guess if you're a public office holder, if you're even, there's any just mention, 
that you could be involved, you get thrown to the wolves. But when somebody starts saying, well, look at all the redactions, they have to be there. It's that simple. Again, remember that uh, on those redactions, none of those redactions were based on the president uh, saying under executive privilege, I want that redacted. That didn't happen. His lawyers made no uh redactions or ask for any redactions and his personal attorney who gets the right to look at the report before it's released and if you're the person being uh you know held up as doing something wrong uh you should be able to see the report before everybody else does so that you can uh, have answers for them the bottom line is they didn't ask for any redactions the only redactions were offered under the specific ones that can be given under this Rule 60. Grand jury material, classified information, ongoing investigations, and peripheral third parties. All right, that's it. By legal means, rightly so. Our William Barr, during the press conference, talked further Uh, about that, that all the redactions that were in this report, and if you go take a look at it, you'll see there there are quite a few, that they've been clearly labeled so that you know it was, you know, a redaction because of grand jury, a redaction, ongoing investigation, redaction, classified information, redaction, uh, peripheral third parties etc and he talked about that today in his press conference this is cut number six now before i take questions i want to address a few aspects of the process for producing the public report that i am releasing today as i said several times the report contains limited redactions related to four categories of information to ensure as much transparency as possible those redactions have been clearly labeled so that the leaders can tell uh, the readers can tell which redactions correspond to which categories. Now, as I to to, to recall, those categories are sixty material, grand jury material, information that uh, the IC uh, believes uh, would disclose sources and methods information that would impair the investigation and prosecution of other cases that are underway, and finally, information that implicates the privacy and reputational interests of peripheral third parties. As you will see, most of the redactions were compelled by the need to prevent harm to ongoing matters and to comply with court orders prohibiting the public disclosure of information bearing on ongoing investigations and criminal cases, such as the IRA case and the Roger Stone case. These redactions were applied by Department of Justice attorneys working closely together with attorneys from the special counsel's office, as well as uh, the intelligence community, and prosecutors are handling the ongoing cases. The redactions are their work product. No redactions done by anybody outside this group. There were no redactions done by anybody outside this group. All right, so there you have it. 
Now, we've got to get another break in. When I come back, we come to the main point of what's going to happen now that, you know, Mueller has put out his report. And I want you to stick with me because it is the most important part of what has happened today. That's coming up. When we return, it's Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM. The answer. All right, so let's finish up this hour and come to what I think is the most important part of the of the Mueller report. Look, the report is out there. It's for everybody to read. You can read it. I can read it. I've told you why there's redactions. Uh, Barr has told you that most of uh, the redactions in this report were because of ongoing investigations and peripheral third parties. They could have been uh, redacted for classified information or grand jury material as well. Those are the four reasons. The president didn't ask for any executive privilege. His lawyers asked, did not ask for any kind of redactions, and his personal lawyer did not ask for any redactions as well. All those redactions are clearly labeled as you read it. But there's one thing that they can't stop. And that is, as you read what's in this report, as the Republicans read it, as Democrats read it, as independents read it, is speculation. Depending how you'll read this report, if the way you read this report is president's guilty of sin, we know that he's guilty of sin, you will latch on to anything and everything you can that will prove that. And uh, you use it against the president. In fact, it's been that way since the very beginning. Everybody's been saying that the president was guilty of colluding from the moment this whole uh, investigation began. Here's what was found, is what Mueller's saying. He could find no collusion. Remember, that's what all this was about was collusion with the Russians. It's not there. If you'll notice today, as the talking heads are talking, and they do incessantly, they are not talking about collusion. That's not what they're talking about. That's what this was all about, but it's not what they're talking about. They're talking about, did the president obstruct Here's, let me just ask this question to you. Can you obstruct something that you're not guilty for? I mean, that to me is the question for all these people that said the president was obstructing as, as this was going on. If he's not guilty of collusion, then he can't be guilty of obstruction. That just to me seems to be uh, commonsensical. Enough for some of these folks. But William Barr kind of addressed this a little bit, uh, and I agree with him, and that's the thing that as you listen to the pundits now, remember Mueller said, President's not guilty of collusion. As far as that's concerned, that sets everything to bed for me. Done. Did the Russians try to get involved? Yes. Is that a surprise? No. So all the other stuff I could care less about, to be honest. It's kind of like in basketball. 
No blood, no foul. You know, that's kind of of the way I look at it. But here's what uh, Barr said about this, all this speculation about the president and collusion. Media about the president's personal culpability. Yet, as he said from the beginning, there was, in fact, no collusion. And as the special counsel's report acknowledges, there is substantial evidence to show that the president was frustrated and angered by his sincere belief that the investigation was undermining his presidency, propelled by his political opponents, and fueled by illegal leaks. Nonetheless, the White House fully cooperated with the special counsel's investigation, providing unfettered access to campaign and White House documents, directing senior aides to testify freely, and asserting no privilege claims. And at the same time, the president took no act that in fact deprived the special counsel of the documents and witnesses necessary to complete his investigation. So the bottom line goes. There's nothing here. The president is not guilty, was not found lacking in how he helped uh, Mueller go along. And and there's going to be people that are going to jump on this. Well, he never sat down and let uh, Mueller talk to him. It's just exactly like Giuliani said, when you sit down and you got somebody that's got uh, all kinds of uh, innuendo uh, from different people who remember things that happen perhaps differently than you remember them happening. That's a perjury trap. They're trying to get you to sit down uh, under oath and answer questions that, to be honest, you may not remember correctly. Uh, or uh, you say something happened, but the other person didn't say that it happened, and so they think that you're lying. And so they're trying to find something they can get you on for perjury. That was a good move by Giuliani and the, uh, the his uh, his lawyers for him not to sit down. So they said, give us your questions in written form, and we'll give you written responses, which they did. They did that. There were some questions they didn't answer because they said they were uh, duplicate questions. They were questions that were asked in such a way as to try to just be out there fishing for stuff. So uh, the president did what he was supposed to do. He and him and his legal team answered the questions. Keep in mind that if you go into something like this and you're using just your own self as your own client, then you've got a fool for a client. You're foolish to do this. I mean, most of us who would be put under the microscope like this couldn't have handled the heat, to be honest. And we couldn't afford to pay for it. In the, in the end of all of this, a lot of this will fall on the American taxpayer. We're the ones that are going to pay for it. I mean, the the money paid to the Mueller team, that's tax money that's going out. A lot that the president had to deal with, some of that he had to go out and hire people to be his, uh, his lawyers. So it's just uh, the bottom line is this. I'll take the Mueller uh, case as it was supposed to be about, collusion. 
Did the president work with the Russians? Remember, the first, what, year of this year in certain months of this, Russ, was all about, well, we know the president worked with Putin. They were working with the Russians. Remember all of that? Does everybody remember all of that? I know that two years is a long time to remember back. So think about that when you think about when somebody asks you about what happened at a certain particular meeting two years ago, and they start to did you talk about this? Did you talk about that? Most of us can't even remember what we talked about last week. So the bottom line is this. It went after him for collusion, and guess what? They came up flat empty, period, period, period. No collusion. Enough for me, hope enough for you, but I'm just telling you the speculation will continue. We got more Dave Ellswick Show. Alice Stewart going to be with us in the next half hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, into the three o'clock hour we go. And when I want to talk politics with someone I know that's in the know, I turn my attention to somebody that I've known for quite a while. I know her from when she worked here in the Little Rock area and have watched her on CNN, understand she works with NPR as well. And Alice Stewart is our special guest here this half hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. And Alice, thanks for giving me some time. It's not like uh, there's not important news happening today. It's kind of a big day. It's, it's great to be with you, Dave. And, and I think based on what you have been saying about this Mueller probe and I have been saying we could have recorded this uh, a few months ago yeah. and played it again today, and then we could have followed up with we told you so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here listening to Nadler, and I want to throw my shoe at the television because you remember, and I know I remember, that when this all started, it was that the president colluded and may have even colluded with Putin himself to throw the 2016 election to the Republicans. Am I wrong? No. I mean, that's that's what they've been saying from the very beginning of this. And they, they reached a conclusion before the investigation even began. And that's that's not how this works. And look, I've been very careful oftentimes on CNN and elsewhere to to say, let's wait until the report comes out before mm-hmm. we prejudge his judgment. But now the facts are in, the case is closed, and Mueller could not have been more unequivocal in his findings that there was no collusion, there was uh, no obstruction, there was no coordination between the Trump campaign and Russia. And for the Democrats to continue to light their hair on fire over this, they're doing so at their own peril, Mm -hmm. because the American people are not concerned with Democrats continuing to investigate instead of legislate. We're moving into a presidential campaign season, and we're moving into a critical uh, time for our legislature to start uh, producing. Democrats are now in control of the House. They have no excuse not to get things done, and their their Democratic candidates for president are better suited focusing on the issues that voters are concerned with, as you know, uh, jobs, health care, the economy, our national security, and many people are certainly concerned with securing the border, which is what President Trump ran on and won on for the president of the United States. So people here in Washington would be better served if they focused on what the people out there in the flyover country are concerned with, not what gets them uh, top billing on the evening news. Yeah, I'm looking at this, and here's how I see this 
playing out. They're going to continue pushing this whole narrative that somehow the president obstructed something that he's not guilty of. I don't know how you cannot be guilty of something and obstruct uh, the whole the whole thing. I, I, I've not been able to figure that one out. But they're going to keep pushing on this. And you know what will happen, Alice? They're going, they have nothing else. They don't have any answers for uh, health care. Medicare for all, we can't afford it. People understand that already. They have been obstructionists about the border. People have figured this out, and even some Democrats have figured it out, saying that we've got uh, a, co- a total breakdown on the border. What are they going to say about the uh, the economy? The, eco- the economy is roaring along. Personally, I say 2020 is going to be interesting. I think, will the president win all 50 states or just 49 like Mondale did against Reagan? That's what I think is going to come up. That if the Democrats continue down their current line of continuing to litigate and to try this case uh, with regard to Russian collusion, then that could very well happen. Look, did some of the activity that took place during the campaign surrounding the, the Trump Tower meeting, was that ill-advised? Yes. Was it in some ways unethical? Yes. Was it uh, Immoral, according to some people, given, you know, the standards and practices of a presidential campaign? Yes. But was it illegal? No. Was it criminal? No. That is what all that Americans need to be concerned with. And knowing that, fortunately, we can take comfort in knowing that our president and his campaign did not conspire with Russians to influence the outcome of this election. That is the focus that was the origin of this investigation, and that was the outcome of this investigation. And that should be that should be good news for not just Republicans, but for all Americans, knowing that Mueller found th- th- this result, that there was no collusion and no coordination. You know, I think they're going to say, hey, look, they won't give us an unredacted report because they know what it would show if we had if we could move all those big black blocks out of this report and they're going to use it as an as a speculative bid i bet you this was there i bet you that was there but they won't do it and let me just i've asked this of my listeners would you give them an unredacted with as many leaks as happened during the investigation you'd be absolutely out of your mind to do that absolutely it would go go uh, in one inbox and out to the media quicker than they could hit send if they got an unredacted version of this. And look, they they can all sit there with their hair on fire talking about they want an unredacted report. But the law is very clear on this, Dave, and you know this. It, it's not not in question. When there is information, you know the four categories, dealing with the grand jury and the sources and methods yep. and protecting people of their ongoing investigation and classified information. It's standard procedure for that information to be protected. I know several people whose names are behind those black bars. They have done nothing wrong, but their names did come up in this investigation. Their privacy is something that they should be able to keep. Their their names and reputations have been, in some regards, uh, tainted because of this, and they don't need any further uh, dragging through the mud based on this this investigation. They deserve their privacy. They deserve 
to be kept confidential because they have done nothing wrong, and that was the outcome of this report. So for the Democrats to, to try and continue to obtain this information is nothing more than an attempt to continue to try and smear this president for their own gains when they really should be focused on what they can do to enact legislation that the, the, their voters voted for them and do what they can to nominate a, someone that can actually take on President Trump. But we all know that that's going to be next to impossible. All right. You know that voice. That voice is Alice Stewart. She's uh, given us some time today. I appreciate it. I I asked her to, to join us uh, earlier today and I was I to be honest with you, Alice. I was thinking you probably would have to say no because I know you've got you've got professional things that you got to do uh, with CNN and things of that nature. And I didn't know you if you could carve out some time for us or not. But I thought it was worth a try. So, do you think that they're going to get Mueller to come and testify from Cong- Congress, or is he going to say, "Read the report"? Who knows? You know, that's that will be interesting to see. He's done, a, in my view, a tremendous job of of carrying out this task and certainly keeping things um, under under wraps and he has a team that has been very good about keeping the classified information classified I don't see a need for him to but the Democrats I'm sure will continue to go down that road but what I do find interesting Dave one of the things I'm working on today is a an op-ed for CNN and I was doing some research on you know what happened at the end of the Whitewater investigation how the Democrats were saying okay the star report is in nothing to see here let's move on there's been no criminal charges are filed here let's move on and Mm -hmm. and even uh, Hillary Clinton said there's been no wrongdoing here let's it's time to move on and that was the the overall democrat response to the star report paul begala my dear friend was going around asking for apologies from all the republicans that dare to think that bill and hillary clinton did anything wrong well what's the difference here here we have had a two-year 35 million dollar probe uh, on Russian collusion that has turned up n- no nothing to prosecute on and why are the Democrats still continuing to to try and relitigate this this is the same situation this has been tried the, the results are in and let's move on yeah that's what these investigations are for we have the answer that many have been looking for is there was no collusion and no coordination but just because the democrats don't like that response they want to to open this back up but let's take their own advice after the whitewater trials when no charges no further charges were filed let's take the advice of of their chosen one hillary clinton and let's move on yeah i'm i'm all about that i think that that's the best they can do because in all honesty, and I'm I'm going to move this in a, in a generic way now, the Democrat Party could be, st- I think they're standing on the precipice right now, and I think Pelosi may know this, and uh, I don't know about Schumer. I think Schumer's just plain dumb. But the bottom line is, you know, I, the, the bottom line is, if they don't come up with some answers for a tremendous economy, this this garbage that's going on along our border, uh, they're in in deep, deep kimchi uh, coming up in 2020. They have nothing, absolutely nothing. To, what are you going to run on? You're going to run on the Green New Deal? You know, science fiction? I don't think you can do that. 
You know, and well, as, as we see all of these uh, uh, debates take part and all of these uh, people who are running for president or the nominee for president for the Democratic Party, they're going to keep pushing each other further left. And they're going to put them push themselves out of the ballpark for the American people. Well, Dave, they're going to push themselves so far left, they're going to fall off the west coast of California. <laughs> and look, all, all of these candidates are running on Green New Deal, Medicare for All, free college education, uh, and all of these policies that, that you have outlined. These are socialist policies. And yep. yet when, when you bring that up and you put that label on them, which fits, by the way, they they become enraged. But what they are doing is there's such a uh, hard and fast race for the left to win the primary. They are going to be so broken and so broke after the primary, it will be impossible for them to put up a, a, a strong fight against this president. And for some reason, they have let the AOCs of their the Cortezes of their party dictate the terms of of what they want to run on. And the Green New Deal is something that all of them have rallied behind her and her proposals for paying people not to work. And for for whatever reason, the young progressive wing of the Democratic Party has taken hold, and they have managed to make others that are a little bit more reasonable, I will throw Joe Biden in that category, that are a little bit more of moderating forces, they have been able to frame them as not ideologically pure enough to the Democrat Party, and it seems to be taking hold. So the the AOC wing of the Democrat Party has been able to put a boot on the neck of Nancy Pelosi and others, and they're dictating the terms of the policy. And what do you do, Dave, when someone is um, driving themselves off a cliff? You sit back and let them continue to do that, because that's exactly what the Democrats are doing. Alice, we got time for Let me ask one last question of you, and it's sure. dealing towards 2020, and it's this. First uh, reporting period for the 2020 election is in. The president uh, brought in tons of money. Not only did he bring in tons of money, a whole lot of people making small donations, which that's important to watch. And the Republican Party themselves brought in tons of money. This is boding well, I believe, for next year. Oh, tremendous. Between Trump and the outside organizations on the GOP, they brought in nearly $49 million. That's phenomenal. That those, those are record numbers. And you go over to the Democrat side, and we'll give them this, that they have almost 20 people running, but their highest uh, fundraiser, Bernie Sanders, with just over $18 million. That's just not going to work. That, I mean, that will help in the primary, but when we have the Republicans nominee and the party overall bringing in the kinds of money more than three times uh, the top Democrat money makes a big difference when you're running for president and the the fact that we've been able to mobilize uh, our fundraising apparatus like we have says a lot and those small dollar donors the, the obviously and you know this having a large number of small dollar donors means you have a large number of people you can continue to go back to and continue to go to the well and say we need another contribution and those also are the people that are going to work the grassroots out in the field 
boots on the ground, making phone calls, engaging their friends and their family to get out and vote. And that's how you win a presidential campaign. I'm with you, Alice. You know that for a fact. You've been involved in so many presidential campaigns. You 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 know this uh, quite clearly. I appreciate your time. Uh, go out and and have your fun today with the uh, the liberals because today's the day to have fun with the liberals. Well, I'll, I'll be on CNN tonight on Don Lemon, so folks tune in, and um, I will send out my best to all the great folks there in Arkansas. Thank you, Dave. All right, Alice. We'll talk to you later. Alice Stewart here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Pleasant to talk to her, and great, great that she could give us some moments here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, let's talk a little bit about uh, insurance, whether it's your home, whether it's your car, a boat, a motorcycle, whatever it is that you're insuring, your health, your life, you need to get the best deal. You want to save money, but you don't want to uh, give up uh, good coverage. You want good coverage. You want the best coverage you can with what you're buying. That's why you need to call Dwayne Smith and the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. Phone number there is 501-819-0373. Now, I've had Dwayne on the show. I know Dwayne personally. I've talked to him personally. And here's what he's asking that you do. He wants you to bring in your insurance coverage. You know, you get that stuff from the uh, insurers when you have to re-up on your insurance. And it tells you exactly how much coverage you got and all of that. Well, he'd like you to bring it in and let himself or one of his, uh, you know, trained associates to talk to you about that coverage and to see what Allstate can do for you. Can they can they do the same and come in at the same price or can they give you more coverage for the amount of money that you're paying right now to your insurance agency or perhaps get better coverage for you? At less money. They'll say, and, and if they can't get you a better deal, they'll say that. And uh, all you're out is a few moments of sitting down with them and letting them go over uh, what you're spending. Here's the number to call again. 501-819-0373. That's 501-819-0373. The agency is at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. Take some time, give up a half hour, 45 minutes, and go over all this. I think they're going to find a way to save you some money. If they only found uh, $35 a month over 12 months, that's a considerable amount of money. That's the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. Call them and compare the insurance you have right now with the insurance they can offer you. 501 819 Seven three, all right. So, bottom line of all of this is, uh, where are the Democrats going to go next? I think they've got to stick with this narrative. As Alice and I were talking about, uh, we're at a point for these folks that they have nothing else. They have put all their eggs in one basket. And that basket was that the president was uh, guilty of colluding with the Russians to throw the 2016 election. Well, that has been shown to be absolutely false now by uh, Mueller's or Mueller's uh, report that is out. 
president. Uh, there's no collusion. There's no obstruction. So the president's in the clear now. He's got the ball. He's in, on the offense, and he's running down the field. If the, the Democrats just keep on beating this dead horse now, 2020, they're, they're going to snap possible, uh, you know, they're going to get defeat out of the jaws of possible victory. Let me put it that way. They would have had a chance if they had answers in other areas like on the border and things of that nature. But they put all their ba- their eggs in this basket. They were sure Trump was guilty. Now he's not. Now they're in trouble, serious trouble, because I do not believe the American people are going to fa- are going to fall for socialism for all. I just don't believe this country's up for it, and I think that the president will be reelected in 2020 because the Democrats are devoid of any kind of ideas for the future. All right, let's get to the news. All right, we are back here in the studio for you watching on. Uh, Facebook, glad you're uh, tuned in today. Uh, We've got our connections fixed, I believe, so that uh, we shouldn't have a lot of the problems we had over at the Capitol. Capitol was a nightmare because it's all that, you got all of that that marble you got to deal with. And it was just basically impossible. So uh, I think we've got that figured out for the next time that we're broadcasting there and the way we figured it out is that we're just going to drop our own cable in basically and not depend on anybody else uh, to help us out with that. You know, PI Roofing Home Solutions are uh, now the proud owners of Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services. Tommy's did a great job and now PI Roofing is going to take that over. And if you're looking for the highest quality gutter cleaning services you can get at the best cost, You can get it from PI Roofing on top of all the great work that they do on roofs and what they do as far as home repair because of leaks that occur in your roof. Uh, After all the rain we've had this spring, if you've noticed any leaks at your home, let me just tell you again, you should be calling PI Roofing and Home Solutions and let them take care of it. Uh, They'll find where the leak is. They will fix the leak and then if there's been any damage because of the leak they've got people that can fix that as well Uh, many of you may never have had a leak in your house where you've had to get it fixed like you know discoloration of uh, the roof and things of that nature but to find a um, you know contractor out there take on a small uh, you know problem like that is difficult well now you've got pi roofing that does it all they Go on your roof. They'll find out where the problems are. They're going to fix that on your roof. They're going to seal off that leak. And then they're going to uh, take and and fix the problems that were caused by the leak for you as well and get your home back up to 100%. And on top of that, they've added in cleaning out your gutters as well, which can cause leaks in and of themselves. All right, so with that said, where do you go to get all this information so that you can use this great company? Go to piroofing.com. The letter P, the letter I, and then roofing. One one uh, name, piroofing.com. 
keep that in mind, and uh, you'll be able to to use that. By the way, a big article on the Washington Post that, uh, you know, the Trump campaign actually tried to go out and find those uh, Clinton emails. What's a big surprise about that? They didn't, by the way, they didn't collude with anybody uh, because they were, of course, uh, individuals working on it, and they were out there looking for the people who may have hacked that uh, that email server, and they never found them, never found them, and the president never told anybody to do it. Uh, the highest it got was was uh, Flynn, evidently. He got one email from uh, a gentleman that was trying to, to make that happen, although the gentleman was saying, hey, look, I'm doing this. Give me money uh, to help me do it, and I probably made some money off of it. But uh, bottom line, Mueller said, no harm, no foul. That's what they said. All right, we've got an interview with Michael Joyce. He's the Deputy Communications Director at the Republican National Convention. I talked to him a little bit earlier today about the uh, uh, the Mueller report, and here's what he had to say about it. Well, there's only one news story today, and that's Mueller's report that has come out. And joining us, Michael Joyce is the Deputy National Press Secretary for the Republican National Committee. He's uh, served the RNC as the Indiana and Michigan Communications Director. And knowing that he was uh, with Indiana, of course, gives him high, high marks for me being a a Hoosier, as I am from uh, that state, and knowing how good the Republican Party is there. Before he joined the RNC, uh, Mr. Joyce worked in Texas politics, another plus, serving as the Texas GOP Communications Director and working on numerous campaigns, including Senator Kanyan Cornyn. I knew what it was. I just got my my uh, my eye my tongue got in front of my eye teeth. What can I say? Anyway, uh, his reelection, and uh, he's going to f- spend about fifteen minutes with us. Let's talk a little bit about this report. Personally, the part I haven't read it all. I doubt if I'll read it all. I read some of the highlights of it, and I have to say. Uh, as the uh, Democrats like to say, just a great big nothing burger here. Would you agree? Absolutely. President Trump has been vindicated. We knew this already when Attorney Attorney General Barr's letter came out a few weeks ago. Uh, It's total vindication. And when Democrats are focusing on the part in the report that says uh, this doesn't completely exonerate the president from obstruction, I want to point to something that Representative Mark Meadows said today, which is, remember, today when you hear people seizing on the idea that Mueller didn't prove innocence, just remember this, that was never Mueller's job. Prosecutors do not set out to prove a negative. They look for evidence to establish a case. They didn't have one. It was never there. It's over. Representative Meadows is absolutely correct to say that. And anything that the Democrats look at now with this report and anything they continue to do only proves that they're focused on continuing their political vendetta against this president because they refuse to accept the outcome of the special counsel's report and they refuse to accept the outcome of the 2016 election. And that's what this is all about at the end of the day. All right. So, Michael, explain to me this thing that just came out a few moments ago, which is that Democrats are calling for Barr to resign now. What's that all about? Yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. I think when you hear Democrats saying words like he's handpicked and he's being partisan, I think you need to go back and look at his confirmation process. He had bipartisan support when he was confirmed by the United States Senate. And that's more than you can say about things like tax reform, 
Judge Kavanaugh and other issues. So the fact that he had bipartisan support said you had Democrats and Republicans supporting his confirmation. They knew he was the right guy for the job, and they're only attacking him now because they have nothing left to argue about with regards to the special counsel. We know that President Trump did not collude with the Russians. We know that his campaign didn't collude with the Russians. We also know that the White House worked vehemently to give every single thing they could get possibly give to the special counsel. They offered unfettered access, no redactions, and they didn't exert any executive privilege, which would have been within their rights to do so. So you're already seeing Democrats starting to spin the narrative and try to move the goalposts, but the president's been completely exonerated and he's vindicated today. Yeah, and you got Adam Schiff. Remember, Adam Schiff's a congressman who's been saying, hey, we've got proof that the president colluded and obstructed it's time for him to put up or just shut up, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, GOP Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel actually called for him to resign from the House Intelligence Committee. The fact that he's been using his role on that committee from a point of authority who has access to classified materials, uh, he's been lying to the American people for the past two years. And you're already seeing him now calling for the Attorney General's resignation. This is all about dragging this out for as long as possible, hopefully up until the 2020 election, if you're a Democrat, so that they can continue to attack and smear the the president. But we know that the president's been vindicated and it's time for them to move on and get to work for the American people. And if they don't, I think you're going to see the American people vote a lot of Democrats out of office in 2020. And I think President Trump is going to get reelected by a wider margin uh, this time around. All right. Michael Joyce is our guest. He's a deputy national press secretary for the Republican National Committee. And Michael, uh, don't the Democrats continue at their own risk for the next election by continuing to hang their hat on this whole thing. I mean, seems like to me the American public can make up their mind. They're going to hear this Mueller report exonerates the president from any kind of collusion or whatever. And in the, the long uh, you know, story of this, they're going to say there's nothing there. So why are the Democrats spending more time on it? Right. They're going to continue to try to litigate what's in the report. They're already pushing back on the redactions in the report. But if you look at some of the visualizations that are out there on the Internet right now of the actual redactions, I mean, it looks like maybe, you know, 15 percent at best of it was redacted. So I think it's pretty evident that everything you've seen in the report is public information. Now the public has viewed it. They're going to now move on. But Democrats aren't going to move on. They're going to continue to move the goalposts. They're going to use blue state Democrats like the Attorney General Letitia James in New York to continue their witch hunt. They're going to issue more subpoenas. They're going to demand another investigation. They're not going to let this go, and they're not going to let it go until President Trump is out of office. The bad news for Democrats is that date will come in 2024. Yeah, yeah, that's. I would agree with that. I think that this sets up the president for another term, to be honest with you. I think it goes to prove to the people who supported this president and even the people who didn't support him but see that he's done a lot of uh, very positive things uh, during this uh, first term that uh, they have no reason to not vote for him again for a second term. Yeah, Democrats have been obstructing and resisting everything in the Trump-Pence agenda every step of the way. You look at what's happening with our economy right now. Every economic indicator says our economy is roaring. You have jobs coming back to this country, but there's still more work to do. We need to get immigration reform passed. We need to secure the border. We need to build the southern border wall. That's luckily starting due to the president's national emergency. But, yeah, when you look at what the Democrats have done, it's only been obstruction and resistance to his agenda and pushing a lie to the American people for the past two years. And 
if I'm angry about that, if I'm angry about the $25 million, $35 million, 67 after you include all the three uh, committees' uh, hearings into this investigation, the millions of dollars have been spent on these investigations, if you're angry about that, then you need to get out and vote in 2020. You need to remove these Democrats from office because they've been selling a lie to the American people while President Trump has been selling promises made and promises kept. How does the RNC see this uh, working out, Michael? I mean, we're into the, the next election. Uh, movement now. I mean, we're already talking about, you know, how much money have the candidates put together. And when you look at how the president has done in initial money coming to his campaign, he's way ahead of the Democrats. Absolutely. President Trump's campaign is blowing the doors off of fundraising compared to these 2020 Democrats. And the biggest indicator of how well you're doing from a fundraising perspective is how many small donors you have. President Trump has a significantly larger number of smaller donors than any other 2020 Democrat in this field right now. And then you add on the fact that the RNC brought in over $40 million in quarter one. Things are looking pretty good for Republicans right now. We're not getting enough coverage in the media for how much grassroots support we have and how much enthusiasm there is on the Republican side. You know, you turn on CNN every night and it's like there's a different town hall with a different 2020 Democrat on there. But in reality, the enthusiasm and energy is on our side. And the fact that President Trump has been vindicated now by this report will only further that enthusiasm for President Trump and Republicans up and down the ballot in 2020. What happens uh, with the Democrats? I mean, it happened to Bernie Sanders the other night when he was on with Fox. He admitted Medicare was not going to be free. Health care can't be or health insurance. And we have to make sure we don't let them you know, blend those two health care and health insurance together because they're totally two different uh, topics. But as far as health insurance is concerned, they're now saying, yeah, we're going to have to charge for that. Are the American people, are their ears going to perk up at that point and say, you know, we're hearing the same rhetoric that we heard on Obama, that you get to keep your doctor, you keep, to keep you get to keep your own insurance, perhaps. I mean, it sounds like the same old, same old to me. Absolutely. And going back to Obamacare, what people forget about is that whole system was set up to fail. And I always argued that it was their way to argue that we need a single payer government-run uh, health care system to exist in this country. And so when you talk about Bernie Sanders' plans, he's looking at the Green New Deal, which would cost $93 trillion, about $600,000 per household. He's talking about his government-run health care bill, Medicare for All, that would cost $32 trillion over 10 years. If you do a simple math on that, that's over $100 trillion for two policy proposals. That's absurd. And when you look at now, compared to Obamacare, what they want to do with your health care now, they're now open admitting that they want to take away your private health insurance. So if you have a good plan, they're now openly admitting that they want to take it away. And that goes back on President Obama's live of the year in 2013 when he said, if you like your health insurance, you can keep your health insurance. Well, the American people saw that was an incredible lie. Now they're not even hiding the fact that they want to take away and strip your private health care away from you. I think that should concern every single citizen in this country. Of course, Republicans want to cover pre-existing conditions, but Republicans are more focused on the quality of care that you're receiving versus just the sheer amount of people who are covered with their health care coverage. So Bernie Sanders is a big issue there, and he also has a critical issue because if you saw that Fox News town hall the other night, they asked him, you know, you're a millionaire. You made a lot of money on that book that you wrote, and are you willing to pay your fair share in taxes? And he said no. So he's a hypocritical millionaire. And meanwhile, President Trump's message about economic populism has 
turn this country into a booming economy right now. We're seeing results that we never saw under President Obama. President Trump cleared 3% growth. That never happened once under President Obama's eight years in office. So, yeah, Bernie Sanders has some big issues going on in his campaign. I think Democrats as a whole have to look at this and go, we're only focused on raising taxes, while Republicans, as we saw on Monday on tax day, are focused on cutting taxes because 90% of Americans received the tax cuts this year. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that I think everybody has to uh, understand is not only are they looking to uh, cut taxes, but they're they're looking to get in on the government and get the government out of your life. I mean, uh, the, the reduction that we've had in regulations has been what's really set the, the fuse of fl- flame for this uh, economy. I think the economy's ready to take off even more with another uh, four years of, uh, of President Trump. So what do you, what Absolutely. do we, yeah, go, you know, before we, we leave, uh, just for my listeners, tell them what you think is going to happen with the, uh, the Democrats. I mean, I know you're not a Democrat, you're not in on their meetings and things of that nature, but what do they do with this report now? Everything that's come out of this report proves that everything they were saying was wrong. Right. Well, we're already seeing how they're going to respond to the report. We saw it even before the report came out this morning. They're looking to move the goalposts. They're going to keep dragging this out. They're going to keep talking about it. You know, today they say, well, we need to we need to hear from Mueller directly. We can't we can't trust a report that Mueller wrote. We need to hear from him directly, which is just an absurd claim. And it just goes to show how desperate they are to keep this phony Russia collusion hoax going throughout 2020 and 2019. They're going to be desperate. They're going to continue to issue more subpoenas. They're going to do anything to discredit Attorney General Barr, who, again, had bipartisan support when he was confirmed by the United States Senate. They're going to go after Mueller. They're going to go after Comey. They're going to go after anyone that gets in their way of pushing their phony Russia collusion hopes. And they're doing it already. You're going to see Jerry Nadler, Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell go on TV and keep pushing this bogus narrative that doesn't exist. We saw in the report today, President Trump has been vindicated. There was no obstruction. There was no collusion. Any further attempts to continue to drag this out just shows that Dems are willing to play games and do anything to discredit this president because they don't know how to beat him on policy. They didn't know how to beat him in 2016. And they are sure as heck not going to beat this president in 2020 either. So do you think the the Democrats that are running for president, other than perhaps Biden himself, and I don't think he's going to get the nomination, they're going to be pushing each other further and further and further left, which is going to push them further and further and further away from the American voter. This could be a Reagan-Mondale type of election. Do you see that perhaps happening? Absolutely. And I think when you look at every candidate in the race, there is not a single moderate on the 2020 Democrat side. Tom Perez himself even said there is no room for moderates in this party anymore. He thinks that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the future of the party. Bernie Sanders has already come out and said, my ideas that were radical and fringe and outside the mainstream in the 2016 election have become the mainstream of the Democrat Party in 2019. You look at Pete Buttigieg, he puts a mild-mannered face on infanticide, on abolishing the Electoral College, which as you know, as a Hoosier, would diminish the voice of Hoosiers in presidential elections Mm -hmm. forever. You look at Joe Biden, he said, I'll put my progressive credentials up against any person running in this race. He said it last year, and he said it this year as well. You see every single candidate, Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, Kirsten Gillibrand, every single one of them pushing these far-left messages that once you come back to a general election and you look at the things that President Trump has been able to do, you know, he doesn't get enough credit for it, but he put 
pushed a bill with bipartisan support called the First Step Act, which gives uh, people who are incarcerated a second chance. He passed tax reform. You look at the economy right now. He's already surpassed five million jobs, the economic growth in this country. Jobs are coming back. 12 deregulation for every new regulation. You cannot beat this president on policy and the Democrats. The further left they go, the more alienated they're going to be by the time we get to the general election. We're out of time, Michael. I appreciate you giving it to us, and uh, we'll call on you later uh, this year as we start moving in, as we start moving towards running for the 2020 uh, presidency. Michael Joyce, Deputy National Press Secretary for the Republican National Committee. Thanks so much, Michael. Have a great weekend. Thanks for having me. All right. Don't forget about Sonny's Auto Salvage. I've been talking about them for years, literally years. And uh, I talk to them as a person of experience now. Because I've put two of uh, Sonny's uh, Auto Salvage's motors in uh, two different cars that I have. One that I've given to my son-in-law and one uh, that I drive every day back and forth to work from Cabot. It works absolutely fantastic because, you see, Sonny's deals with total loss vehicles. You know, you can be in a wreck and the insurance company totals your car because it bent your frame, did some damage uh, to the you know pieces up there in the front end, back end, whatever. But the engine, the transmission, and other parts of the car are in working order. So you don't want to just throw those away. You can reuse them in similar cars, and that's what I did. I my my engine failed on my 2010. Acadia, so I put in an engine from uh, uh, the folks at Sunny's, and now I'm getting great gas mileage again and getting uh, you know great work out of this engine, and you can do the same. And here's the, the real keeper out of all I'm going to tell you. Save hundreds, if not thousands of dollars by using parts from Sunny's Auto Salvage. I mean, I hear, you, I hear people talking to me about I should go green, and I always said, I'll go green when it saves me green. So guess what? I've gone green with Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts because I've saved thousands and thousands of dollars by using the engines for a from a maintained total loss vehicle. That's Sunny's Auto Salvage. Give them a call, Sunny uh, RD, or one member of his staff will take good care of you. 982-7451. 982-7451. Dave Ellswick's show continues after the news. That's coming up here at top of the hour. We got J.R. Davis and he and I are going to just talk, the, you know, the Mueller report. And let's just talk some politics for change. Be fun. Talk to you in a moment. All right. So uh, R.D. R.D. J.R. is here and uh, just walked in. I want you, all of you to pay attention there on uh, Facebook. You got his haircut. I did. Did you do it just today? No, it was even shorter a couple of days ago. Yeah, okay. So. Anyway, you got it. Looks good, bud. I appreciate looks good. it. Thank you. Yeah, you follow up some uh, some pretty good guests today. We just had Michael Joyce, the Deputy Communications oh, Director okay, yeah. RNC. And before that, Alice Stewart was on yeah, with us. Yeah, I love Alice. It's good to have her uh, on, and she's getting to crow a little bit today. I mean, she's going to be on Don Lemon's show tonight. She's going to be giving him a hard time. Just <laughs> well, saying. good. Good. Look, the the Mueller report's out. It's all good as far as I'm concerned. What do you think? Uh, man, honestly, uh, I am actually looking forward to going through 
the report. Uh, obviously, the comments this morning from uh, the attorney general, um, I think, gave us a pretty good uh, look into the report itself. Yep. Uh, the collusion is is over and done with, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, and let's uh, stop right there because let's. All, I, I keep pointing this out. Let us all not allow the Democrat Party now to change what the goal line was when all of this all got underway. Absolutely. It was about collusion. And they, they, they came out basically and said the president was guilty of this. That's In right. fact, he probably was having caviar and, and vodka with Putin. Right. And, yeah, and that's getting a good ready point. to take over the presidency. Yep. And bottom line... It never happened. That's right. Yeah, I think that that was a uh, uh, a good point you're making because I do think it's easy at this point to kind of move those goal lines. They're um, trying. Yeah, they're trying. They're trying. I think it's important though that that what you you know some of the excerpts that I've read from um, uh, the special counsel uh, obviously I think put that to bed. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the obstruction of justice, which, uh, again, that's all that is, is more fodder uh, for uh, Democrats in the House. And I, so I don't think how can I don't you personally obstruct think something anything. you're not guilty of? Well, I know it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you're not guilty of something, you couldn't have obstructed it to, to whatever. Yeah, I think part of one of the excerpts I read from the report uh, that uh a special counsel, a special counsel Robert Mueller uh, addressed was the issue with uh, the executive authority under Article Two, and so mm-hmm. I think that that's uh, even he had some um, some issues reaching. And I say even him; I'm just saying from from his standpoint, I think he had some uh, there was some murkiness to it as to uh, whether can or not the president this was, even yeah, obstruct? I mean, can't, yeah, if it's if it's within his authority. Uh, is that obstruction? Um, but again, I think you know just just from the outside looking in. Obviously, I, I don't think this is gonna. Uh, I think it was a good day for the president. It was a I don't great think this day. Is I gonna, think. I don't think this is going to go away anytime soon. I think no. this is going Which to be the good. battle cry for the Democrats going into twenty twenty. Good, so, yeah. good because yeah. they're going to lose with it stuck in their throat. Yeah, I mean that's. I, I don't think it's necessarily. Uh, I think I think the the message has been out there for so long from the Democrats. I think a lot of the American people, either you like Donald Trump, uh, you hate Donald Trump, you're somewhere in the middle. Uh, and I don't, I just don't think the American people for the most part have, are paying much more attention to this. And, uh, I heard some analysis today that was, that actually was probably spot on in the fact that the white house is You've been excited. listening to my show, haven't you? It's a, a Dave Ellswick. Somebody, Dave Ellswick said, um, <laughs> but there was a, I was a part saying that the white house is, is very pleased by this report because it doesn't move the needle for those who support Trump. And I think the biggest concern was, much like Nixon throughout Watergate, he still had high approval ratings, but then there was the sort of the one incident that kind of pulled even those who supported Nixon uh, away from him. And I think that's what some of those inside the White House were concerned about, that somehow this report would, would move the needle on some of the <laughs> Trump supporters. That's not going to happen. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaway of this. And, and you're going to have the Democrats trumpeting this uh, throughout the 2020 election. Uh, and it's only going to rile up those folks that already despise the president. And it's not really going to do much outreach as far as those independents that are out there looking uh, to cast their vote. So 
it's not the message that the Democrats necessarily, if I was if I was advising them, it wouldn't be the message I would take into the election. No. But I think with this report, um, it sort of leaves ha- Democrats hanging more so than it does uh, the White House, for sure. Yeah, I, I think it leaves the Democrats in a very, very precarious situation. I talked to Alice Stewart about this. She brought up something first that I'd like to talk to you about, that uh, she is going to bring up on Don Lemon's show tonight, and that is, remember the Whitewater Report? I mean, you may not. Well, I mean, I mean not the, obviously not. You may not I have been born. I don't remember it coming out because I wasn't born, yeah, but no, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so after it came out, what did the Democratic Party say? See, we told you there's nothing there. And, um, okay, time to move on now. Well, that's what we're saying now about this. Oh. There's nothing there. Move on. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I'm so sorry. It's been a long day, Dave. You're saying Whitewater. <laughs> we were talking Watergate. And, no, yes, not no, white, water, no, absolutely. No, I, I, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you're right. That's the, um, the play. Here's my only issue with, uh, I, I, and this is just maybe from what I do, but the the immediate comments, I think, are a little. I think it was great for uh, it was it was a good move on the attorney general's part to have a news conference in the morning yeah. to kind of outline some of this stuff right and he's going to get beat up one way or another it doesn't matter again it falls on sure. decide whether you support or you don't support but i think it was good to outline that and go through some of those specifics yeah i think some of these these comments issued by even some republican members of congress about the report uh are just it just it's really hard to um to take any comments, Democrats or Republicans, seriously, when you know this 400-page report was just released. Oh, you know no, they, I mean? none of them have read it. No, no, nobody's read it. The only uh, one read it is probably Barr and him and his staff. Right, right exactly, that have, that have like just poured over it. But I just, I've always thought this sort of disingenuous on both sides to say, see, this totally did this, or see, he's totally guilty. I mean, uh, so I think it's going to take some time uh, for the dust to settle and to get some some solid analysis out of the report. Uh, but I think those are the definitely uh, the biggest takeaway is the fact that I think this frees up the White House and the Trump campaign. And I think in some ways, as, as crazy as this may sound for some Democrats, that this really sort of ties the hands of Democrats going into the 2020 election. Because I think and you've already seen it, there's 18 Democrats running for president right, right now. now. And every one, <laughs> right. And every one of them are trying to get out and, and you know, use this for um, for polit- for political Gain. Uh, gain. And they've already issued statements. And, you know, I think this is just going to be something that's carried through to the 2020 election when you're not talking about, uh, you know, policy initiatives and things like that. It's, it really just kind of puts them in a in a difficult spot, I think. Um, and they may not see that at this point. But well, they but don't I have think. they have nothing else. Right. I mean, seriously, I spent 15 minutes talking to Alice about that. What do yep. they got? They got the Green New Deal. Woohoo! Yeah, I want to run on that one. Right. Medicare for all. Yeah, that's another one you want to run on. Yeah. Not. Right. No, you're exactly right. I mean, I think that um, I think it's it's kind of interesting because we've talked about this before, and obviously I'm no fan of Nancy Pelosi, but you can almost tell since she regained the, uh, the speakership, if you will, uh, that she has sort of tried to focus on some policy mm-hmm. items versus the the Trump uh, uh, the Mueller report and and I think it's just 
the appetite right now for Democrats is to attack, attack, attack. And, and I, so it's just kind of funny to see her on that side of things and, and kind of seeing this train um, she derailment sees, before that's it happens. exactly right. And she sees what's coming. She sees what's coming. And, and, and so it's, it's interesting to kind of to, to look at all the different um, perspectives of this. And when I say that, I mean by, by those involved in the 2020 election uh, and obviously the uh, – uh, leadership in the house right now because and i think there's a there's a fraction uh, uh or a fractured base there as well and and so it's going to be tough to rein those folks in like the aocs of the world and so i'm just telling you it's it's a it, they may not see it now but this was uh this is a big blow for democrats heading into 2020 because it really hamstrings you as far as the message did you hear aoc the other day where she said she could run for president if she wanted to did you hear that one? No, I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, I, I do get She is so entertaining. But, I mean, seriously, she thinks that even though it's not constitutionally possible, I can still run for the presidency. When did she say that? Uh, was or what, what, I guess early what was the, I forget what was in crazy. context, yeah. but she basically said. Because she's, what, 29 were, right now? Yeah. Yeah. She's got like six or seven years yeah. before she It'll can be do 35, that. right? That's right. 35 years old. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, if Good Bi- luck. I'm going to tell you, Biden should hire me to run his campaign because I'd run I'd run him as an outlier. I, I'd have him get up on the debate stage and look at all of them and say, are you people crazy? Yeah, Do you that's re- a good, are, yeah, you, I mean, are you guys crazy? You think you're going to run? You know, you're going to do uh, the Green New Deal? Ain't going to happen. Come on, be honest here. Tell the people, be honest with them. That ain't going to happen. Medicare for we can't afford that. What's wrong with you people? I, I look. I, I like that strategy. I just think that we're so far gone on primaries at this point that uh, he could be the most adult, pragmatic, realistic candidate. Oh, in the I don't room. think he has a chance. No, but, but, that's, but that's what I'm saying though. Like I think from from just doing that in a general would would play huge. And I think yeah. if you somehow squeaked out of a primary being that candidate. Yeah, I mean, I think you probably would win, uh, but you, but it's just not. I mean, there's no way that Democrats get not in a, the primary a general election candidate who who can win the general election. It's just not going to happen. A Democratic nope. primary winner, it's sort of like the the runner up prize. You know, congratulations, but that does not resonate. And you've got to hit those Rust Belt states. We've talked about that. That's that's literally you know with the difference of. Uh, what sixty, eighty thousand people in those three states that gave Donald Trump uh, the presidency? That's that is what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna oh, say oh, they yeah. named they have named four states. The Republicans have to compete, or not Republicans? The Democrats have to compete compete in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Michigan, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, Ohio. Yep. Now, right now, I can tell you, I think that. Two of those states are off the board. I think Trump's got them. Which ones are? The- I think that he's got. I think he's going to win in Michigan, and I think he's going to win in Ohio. It's going to be razor thin right now, but I think it's going to fall out of the Democrats' grasp in Pennsylvania. They got enough idiots over in Wisconsin that are so far to the left that they should run Mao for them. Bottom line, you know, Democrats might carry that they showed that with beaten walker well yeah no you're right and but again that's sort of the uh uh 
it just kind of makes you wonder what's going on with with you know the Democrat National Committee. Maybe they know. I mean, maybe they get it. Maybe they just realize that there's just not, not, nothing you can do to kind of slow down this train. They're but, trying to figure out how to how to derail Pence. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm just telling you, it's it's one of those things where it's it's going to be a a difficult. Uh, it's going to be a very long primary election season. Uh, but I just I can't imagine uh, a a moderate or someone who's appealing who who appeals to sort of middle America and the Rust Belt states uh, coming out of there because again you have to be able to connect and I just don't think I'm mean conservative half of those candidates connect at all with with some of those states so and again you could take the next year off and pick it back up. And then we could start reporting because so much has to happen. I mean, Trump, the economy's doing uh, if it terrific. If it roar, continues, he'll be good. If it tanks or something happens, then yeah, that's going to have an effect. Uh, but it's just so funny. This in the world of twenty four seven, it's uh, you know this analysis. I mean, day after day after day, you know the media was in love with Beto O'Rourke, and now it's Pete uh, Buttigieg uh, from Indiana, and it'll be somebody different in two months. I mean, it's just this long marathon of a primary season and it's basically for my my gig i'm just telling i'm telling yeah absolutely (laughs) but truly isn't that incredible that o'rourke is almost an afterthought now uh and 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 the left is already starting to attack him yeah Uh, well and i and i I said that i didn't think it was going to happen this quickly but because no one really knew where he stood on some things but you've got uh the the mayor from south bend and Pete Buttigieg, yeah. uh, who who will just w- will not win for a number of reasons uh, in a general, but the, it's he's sort of this new uh, poster boy for for the Democrats. And I'm telling you, it's gonna it will go. They will it will change again and again and again. But it, it'll be fun to watch. All right, I'll tell you why he's going to lose when we come back. It's right. the Dave Ellswick show. We got more for Jr. Davis is here today. Hey, we're going into Holy Week, so we're not going to fight over anything today is just generic let's just talk politics day on the dave ellswick show all right back with you it's dave ellswick show jr davis is here uh we got a few moments here uh before we get news at the bottom why pete will lose okay right the same reason why i think if they pick from this keystone cop group of people that they're looking to, to run um one of them to run for president that they'll lose the progressive policies that are being laid out there by doesn't matter what you're talking about Harris or is it Gabbard? Is that how her, she pronounces her yep. name? And then you got what's her name from New York, and you got Warren, and you got all of these people. They all have one thing in common: they either have middle of the road socialism, or they are right in the fast lane on socialism, and that's not going to win in America. It's just not. You know, somebody can tell me and say, well, Dave, you didn't think that people in, in Arkansas would would vote for, uh, you know, minimum wage. Well, I, I, I've I got this whole theory about that, about where they went to get the votes to pass that minimum wage bill and things of that nature, because it was, it was a specific area here in the state that they looked to get their turnout. Just um, to be honest with you, Medicare for all is not possible and neither uh is uh, the you know the whole green new deal neither one of those are possible 
Yeah. And together, they're completely impossible. Well, to the point of the minimum wage, something that, you know, I think has to be sort of um, looked at with the Republican elections uh, this past election as well, because, look, you had 68, 70 percent of people vote for minimum wage. Those people still chose Republican leadership at the end of the day in overwhelming fashion. I think that yep. in a 2020 election, you have to be able to bring ideas to the table where people can understand that, hey, they're going to work. These are these are workable. This makes sense to me. How does this affect me You know, in my uh, daily life? I mean, that's what most Americans want to hear is, what, how does this affect me in my daily life? Uh, I don't think Democrats, and they'll promise the world, they have no idea how to do it. They cannot. And, well, that's the other thing I was going to say is they want to know how it affects their daily life, and then how how are you going to do it? How are you paying? And for that's it? the problem. They and can't, you can't do answer it. that. There's no answer. You know, to Medicare for that. all in some people's mind, maybe that sounds like a great idea, but the fact of the matter is, you can't afford it. It's too expensive. Did you hear? How do you do it? Did you hear what Sanders said on Fox? I couldn't believe it when he said it. He said, "We can't just give free." Health insurance, everybody. You're going to have to pay something. That's the first, be the first time I think That's I've ever heard that. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah. All right. I'm, yeah. I'm, it was supposed to be, it's going to be free. Do you wonder how Bernie Sanders, like if he, you know, eats at the Senate cafeteria, if he just walks up and takes it, <laughs> you know, just bypasses the cashier? I, uh, I have no idea. I, I mean, you would think from the way he talks. That's interesting. I, I hadn't... Uh, I hadn't seen that, so yeah, I but got he, that. I'm holding on to that. Piece. So that's interesting. <laughs> so if you've got somebody like a Bernie Sanders who's who's uh, uh, more, I use this loosely, but more pragmatic than half the field. Yeah. that's that's not a good barometer for your uh, uh, for your base there in a primary. Look, you know, I think that in 2008, uh, I think Barack Obama. They ran probably one of the the greatest campaigns of all time, as far mm-hmm. as you know, getting out the young vote, uh, well, they getting people excited. They knew yeah, technology. Used, they used new technology. He was sort of this, you know. Obviously, he was uh, a history making candidate, and and I think the youth vote really gets behind that. I I think that what you're going to see in a primary is you are going to have some youth vote, but they are going. It, it's going to matter. Um, uh, and make a huge difference in who that candidate is in the general election, and it's just going to be so far left that there's no possibility of winning. And of course, again, like I said, we can take a year off and pick this analysis back up and start then because that's probably when it matters. But uh, I, I just I, I do not see how I don't see any way in the world for a Democrat to get out of that primary that could challenge Trump on policies and capture uh enough votes in those four states you were talking about to win the presidency i just don't know how it's going to happen all right stick around we got more to talk about i'll take you back in history for in a minute to remind you of something when we come back here on the dave ellswick show all right let's get back with uh, jr i was i was telling him i had a i've got a good friend that's been in uh a talk in in talk the talk format for a long 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 time when I was about 35, 37 years old, he told me, you're a good talk show host, Dave. But you won't be a great talk show host until you hit 55. Now I'm at 66. And the reason he said that is that he said, you've got to have lived long enough to see what's going on. And I think I've done that now. And when I look at what's happening in our current state I start thinking, what did I see happen 
in in my uh, past viewing of politics, and I was just sitting here talking to to Jr. saying that this reminds me of 1968. The country is in an upheaval right now. Things are changing again, like they did in '68, Vietnam War, and things of that nature. Race relations were were going through a change. You had Richard Nixon that beat Ronald Reagan. Who was it that he beat? Let me get the names. He beat Nelson Rockefeller, who was a blue, kind of blue, I would call him a very light purple Republican because he was from New York and he was very, very, you know, he wasn't pro-life and things of that nature. That wasn't as important in 68 anyway. Ronald Reagan, Richard Nixon beat both of them out. Uh, that was the big uh, speech that Reagan gave uh, uh, at that time uh, that kept him in everybody's uh, eyes as a potential candidate later on in, in, his, in his life. Then you had what was going over on the Democratic side. And you had, let me remind everybody that uh, is my age, uh, about who was running. Eugene McCarthy. People remember him. Edmund Muskie, another one running. Uh, Bobby Kennedy, who would die before the election. And then the guy who won the Democratic nomination, Herbert Hoover. Uh, what's his Not Herbert Hoover. What am I talking about? Uh, what's his name from up there in the north? Uh, uh, let me get the name right here. Mr. Please This Punch. Yeah, Humphrey. Hubert Humphrey, yeah, that's who it was. All right, so that that was your setup. We've got the exact same setup, except that we got a whole lot more of them. That's all. The Republican Party is going to win. I'm just telling just historically, the Republican Party is going to win. Because, look, Nixon was considered uh, a crook before we got up to you know the, the 70s when Watergate happened. Yeah, I think. Remember uh, the checker speech? You're not going to have Dick Nixon to kick around anymore. It was different uh, in 2016, I think. Honestly, I think that's where the Democrats lost their opportunity. Uh, They did not have a good candidate. Uh, And I don't think, I I truly don't believe Trump would have won the presidency. You don't don't think Hillary Clinton was a good candidate? Right. Right. But I mean, think about it. If If there was a Joe Biden in that race... I think there's a pretty good chance that Joe Biden would have won. I just I think that it all worked out for the Republicans because the Democrats had a bad candidate. I think this time around, you're seeing exactly what happened in 2016 uh, with this huge primary on the left, uh, but you have a different candidate in Trump than than Hillary Clinton. And when I say that, obviously, I know that he's polarizing. You either like him, you don't like him. It is what it is. Um, but I think that but he actually Nixon has a record was the same right. way. But I'm saying I think That's he also has saying. for for conservatives, they watch what he does, not necessarily what he says. And I think that conservatives are very happy with uh, what's taken place so far in this administration. So you have that base. Uh, and I just think the Democrats, more so than just a Donald Trump, I think it's the Democrats are going to elect someone that is so liberal and so left with. Uh, all these grandiose ideas that you can't pay for that are not workable ideas, it's going to be very, very tough to get that message to resonate with key states. And uh, and so, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think it's uh, fantastic with the uh, kind of relating that back to 1968. I think you're right. 
But I also think that there's some parallels to 2016, even. Yeah. And it's just, I think the Democrats, because of their own... And here's the thing. This is the kicker of it all, too, right? They did this to themselves yes, with Hillary did. Clinton. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, who knows what uh, what sort of candidate they kept out of that race, you know, because of Hillary Clinton and being the foregone conclusion as far as the next president of the United States. So they did it to themselves, and I think it ain't going to help them in 2020, either. We're... Is it where are the Democrats holding their convention? Do you remember? I don't remember actually. They they named it. Where where are they going in twenty twenty? Because I'm going to tell you what we could have the exact same kind of situation here in uh, in twenty twenty as we had in sixty eight. Let's see twenty Milwaukee in Milwaukee. Okay, I'm uh, here. We go similarities again. What happened at the 68 Democratic Convention? Does everybody remember? It was in Chicago, Illinois. Do you remember that? Do you remember all the protests? Do you remember the Chicago police busting heads in Lincoln? I do. I was there covering it. I was 16 years old, and wow. I was uh, working with uh, as a freelance photographer with the Hammond Times, wow. and they sent me down to Lincoln Park to take pictures because uh, they thought I could get in closer with the Ute. You know, and, and take pictures, and I did. And uh, luckily, I didn't get hit with the big sticks that the cops were carrying when they were riding their horses and were going through the protesters beating heads in at that time. People were, if you remember that time, you know what it was like. I could see the same thing happening with Antifa and all of the groups that we got. Now we had the anti-war movement there. Now you got Antifa. You could have Black Lives Matter have been shown to be. You know, uh, you know, vicious at times. You know, closing down roads and attacking people's cars and stuff. Man, I'm going to tell you what, this could be a almost a splitting image in 1968 again. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Uh, I also, I mean, when you've got 18 candidates again, uh, there's parallels to 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 2016 too. Yeah, but when you have that many candidates, and I think more so on the left and the right. You, they're they're going to be. It's just like remember the Bernie Sanders supporters just were irate mm. that and you either were for Bernie or you were for that's Hillary. Before was Antifa no, was around, exactly. But that's where you had this idea that you know I I'm not just going to support Hillary because Bernie lost. Right, mm-hmm. that was sort of the idea. Imagine that with 18 candidates. If it gets down to seven or six, I mean you're going to have. Uh, you know, it's sort of that that whole not my president in the primary, right? I mean, they're, they, it's, I think you're, I think it's more fractured than people think, and I, I think they're going to beat each other up. And that's the interesting part about this: they're going to beat each other up, f- like falling over each other trying to get to the left, but beating each other up in the process. So yeah, you're going to have there. right. Yeah, you're so you're going to have a very beat up general election candidate that is so far left that I, I just don't know what you do but it, it's uh and i think you're going to have some and then you're still going to have those that said anybody but trump right and so they're going to they'll vote and they'll do mm-hmm. their thing but there's going to be some uh really ticked off uh primary voters in the democrat uh primary and it's, it, i'm telling you I, I don't i think this will be unprecedented i think what we see in this particular primary and again it has to do with the amount of of candidates as well it's going to be really interesting to watch and see how that shakes out for the general. Well, I will say this. I hope that we don't see a repeat of the 68 Democratic Convention. It was not pretty. Yeah. It was. A lot of people got hurt. 
But the country was in a huge upheaval, and the country is going to be. I'm just telling you, because of the young people, we have allowed uh, our education systems and things of that nature to be teaching socialism is better than capitalism and stuff like that. And and that's our fault, not the kids' fault. That's our fault. Bottom line is we're going to – it could get real ugly. I think we talked about this a few weeks back, so I won't uh, belabor the point, but uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, collects, uh, you know, sort of op-eds or letters to the editors from students from around the country every week on a particular topic. You they did choose. not – go ahead. You didn't okay. talk about this. Um, they – this was a f- several weeks back, but they – uh, always ask for you know these letters from students from all different colleges and universities from Ivy League to you know we're talking about SEC schools I mean everywhere in between and then they go through them and, and say you know here's what we're going to print and the topic was socialism and it was frightening to hear some of these and we're talking again there were some Stanford students there were I think there was Tulane um, some two year colleges and. There were some that were smart enough to realize that socialism is socialism and that's it. But there were so many that basically described a new socialism and saying that the old one didn't work because they didn't do it right. I mean, that is astonishing and frightening to me as an American that you've got this next generation coming up saying, oh, we just didn't give it the old college try. We got to do it a little differently, but socialism will work. That's what they always say in socialism. Yeah. I mean, you know? so, but I, when I read that, it was it was truly, and I don't get disheartened a whole lot reading things, but that was just like, man, you're talking about the next generation coming up uh, and and really believing this stuff, uh, and that's where I think the Republican Party has a lot of work to do uh, for not just this dele- not just this election, but but future elections. You got to be able to educate and show and and let them know that there's not a good way to implement socialism. Yeah, socialism is socialism, and it does not work. That won't change until, as parents, we force high schools and universities to change what they're teaching. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what, it's my generation that's at the, uh, you know these professors and stuff that are teaching this stuff uh at the 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 higher education levels and you know most of them i like to punch in the face to be be honest with you but it's like the who said you know meet the new boss same as the old boss yeah that's the way it is all right take a break we'll be back we got more coming up on the dave ellswick show all right we're back okay so the um story breaking here uh, Mueller report undercuts several steel dossier claims, though the salacious document is barely mentioned. Yeah, that thing is. I mean, it's a piece uh, it's of crap. already dead in the water. But yeah, this this definitely it's and, a and the fact campaign that, thing. Yeah, and the fact that uh, uh, you know, he came out in the report and basically said that you know Cohen never went to Prague. I mean, yeah. like it was just sort of like I mean, and and for that, I mean, for the report, and that's what's funny. And, and to the New York Times's credit, which I know we don't do much of, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they did just, I mean, this put that to bed pretty quick. I mean, not that it already wasn't, but the fact that you have Mueller come out and say, yeah, that that never happened. Um, and and I think Trump even told Cohen to cooperate because there's nothing there. That's so. the first time I had to talk about what a golden shower was. <laughs> People did not know, and I had to, I had to. How what? long was that? They segment? had no idea. It was about. 50 seconds. <laughs> That's how long it took me. Anyway, with that said, we were talking uh, as we were breaking in the last, I was talking about 
our colleges and the professors. And the professors in our colleges today are the people that I went to college with back in the in the early 70s. And they're the ones in the late 60s that were out marching around, carrying their little red books of Mao Zedong and talking about how great socialism was. Well, now they're in positions of power in their little ivory towers, and they've been teaching your your child at uh, in the colleges about all of this. And uh, yesterday I played a, uh, a cut about college, and I was talking about how I didn't think it was necessary to ha- have a four-year degree that didn't prove anything, basically. And uh, part of it I was complaining about if you want to work for the government, in uh, in Arkansas, over at the Capitol, you got to have a four-year degree now. I mean, that, that's part of the deal now. It's like you must have a four-year degree. You must have a bachelor's degree. And and it's it's my thing. We don't look at experience, basically, anymore, things of that nature. So Mike Rowe was talking about this and talking about how we've demonized the parents who paid all of this money to, so they're kids could get into these good schools because they know just as well as you know that if you go to harvard even if you get out by the skin of your teeth with a d minus 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 that your it doesn't say your score that you did in school just says you graduated from harvard that'll open a lot of doors for you here's what he had to say about this This is a great piece i think it's fair to say what is most outrageous? Like, what are we really angry about? Cheaters are bad. Cheaters are bad because when people cheat, people who don't cheat get taken advantage of, and that's just fundamentally not fair. We all get that. But rich cheaters seem to really upset us, especially. And I think yes. part of part of what's crystallized uh, the outrage around the story is the fact that the people who most egregiously cheated had an awful lot of money. And for my money, you know, as I stepped back to look at it, I was like, well, yeah, that is kind of disgusting. But where is the outrage for the cost of college in general? I mean, you don't have to be rich or famous to believe that your kid is doomed to fail if they don't get a four-year degree. There are millions of parents in the country right now, millions, who who genuinely feel that if they don't do everything they can to get their kid into a good school, they will they will fail the kid. So where's the outrage for the pressure that we put on a 17 year old to borrow one hundred thousand dollars? You know, so much of that pressure comes from their their mom and dad. It's well intended, but it's kind of tragic. And where's the outrage for the guidance counselors who continually say the best path for the most people? just happens to be the most expensive and the politicians and the lobbyists who exacerbate the same myth and the employers who still insist on only interviewing people with a four-year degree we we set the table in a pretty self-evident way and when we scratch our heads you're exactly right it's the cost of tuition has increased faster than inflation but also faster than health care faster than real estate faster than food faster than energy Never before in the history of Western civilization has anything so potentially important become so egregiously expensive. So, yeah, college is expensive because we freed up an unlimited pile of free money and told an entire generation they were doomed to fail if they didn't borrow it. And that's happened in every single tax bracket, not just the top one. Okay, and and then on top of that, we let the college professors 
teach our kids that socialism is the answer to everything. Think about that. So you're paying. We've a, done this to ourselves. You're paying a hundred thousand dollars so your student gets an education, Get, and, and or and, well, a hundred thousand dollars for your student to f- figure out that socialism is a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that actually, I, I love Micro. That was uh, he has a way with words, and he hit it spot on. Really good. That's a good yeah little no, really piece is. there. I mean, you add that in with the people and you who are baby boomers know what I'm talking about. You had friends that believe in socialism, in, in fact, in communism. And now they're the ones that are at the top of the food chain in the colleges and things of that nature. And they're telling your kids that's what they should believe. Yeah, it's it's tragic, to, to say the least. I mean, I think that um, uh, luckily, I think we've in Arkansas, we've really tried to put an emphasis on you know, the two-year path and, and uh, you know, technical certificates and that you can find an incredible career in, in plumbing or electric. and You can be got, a blue-collar can, worker and make a great living. Oh, you can make so much money. Uh, I mean, trust me, I don't know how much money I've paid to yeah. have someone get come out and look at, fixed. you know, uh, get your car fixed or look at your pipes or your electrical. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's so I think that, uh, man, uh, he, he, he covered a lot in a little bit of time yeah. uh, in that, and I, I think he hit it uh, dead on. I really, really appreciated what he said because all the people that are you know ticked off about people paying for their kids to get into Harvard or Yale or wherever it was, U- UCLA. I still can't figure that one out, right. but still, you know, UCLA. That was Lori. You know, what is it, Lawton? That uh, that came up with that. I, she didn't send her kids to the East Coast. She stayed right there on the West Coast. And then all of them, when the school started, his her youngest daughter was out in the islands out there someplace tanning. I think with actually one of the board of trustees. So. Oh, Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, Jr. Appreciate it. You go out, have yourself a good weekend. Enjoy your. Your Easter weekend, brother. You too. You deserve to do that. Get a little bit of a break. You off tomorrow for Good Friday? Uh, no, we're, we're going to be working a little bit, but that's, uh, trust me, with, with session over. It's it, been lighter? It's been a little lighter. It's okay. been nicer. So. Well, we'll get together again next uh, Thursday. Have some time. This has been fun talking. To yeah, this I is like good. just I like talking this. politics. I mean, that's that's key. And a lot to talk about today. And we're all together. Look, we might disagree on some issues, but I'll tell you this. I want the best Republican in before I want the oh, I want the worst Republican before I want the best Democrat. There That's just go. me. All right, we'll take a break. I will see you on Monday. We're off tomorrow. It's Good Friday. Remember, God gave you a whole week of life. Give him a day to talk to you. Talk to you later. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.